Take your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Acts. Acts is probably one of the most uh, exciting, uh, one of the most evangelistic books uh, in all of the Bible. Uh, it's uh, certainly, uh, we see the birth uh, of the Christian, uh, we see the birth of the church, uh, we see that these Christians turn the world uh, upside down. Uh, that's the title of a message uh, this morning, uh, Turning Our World uh, Upside Down. I don't know if this is just an opinion or if most all of us would probably come to this same uh, observation, but it seems like today, uh, the world to which we're living in, it seems like today the church of Jesus Christ seems to be lacking power in this world. It seems like we're just kind of to the side. It seems like nobody in Washington takes us very serious. It seems like the neighbors don't take us very serious. It seems like the county authorities don't take us very serious. A lot of times, it just seems like the church is an afterthought. It's just something that a few people do uh, on the weekend, and, and it doesn't seem like we have the influence. It doesn't seem like we have the impact that we uh, need to have. And so this morning and, 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 and next week, we're going to kind of look at the topic of evangelism, uh, and we're going to see what the Lord uh, has to say uh, to us uh, in regard to evangelism. I, I remember being a young student uh, in college, and, and, I, and I remember reading the book of Acts. And uh, it, back in those days, the thing that stood out to me is when it says that, that there were over a thousand, thousands of people were saved in one day, thousands. Thousands of people were saved in one day just simply uh, because of a presentation uh, of the gospel. And then it goes on to further say that the Lord added daily such as should be saved. Now, I, I believe that every day uh, all across the world, the big church body uh, that the Lord is adding daily, I, I believe there are probably thousands saved uh, every single uh, Sunday. But uh, that was a fascinating thought to me. That I was hoping uh, in those days that I, that I would pastor a church that, that, that literally thousands of people would get saved and, and, and somehow every single day the Lord would add to the church. And you heard us report last week that over these uh, last 20 years, the Lord uh, has added to our church every single week, 52 weeks a year for 20 years. And so uh, that's pretty close to add. We can give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen. You know, it's, it's 11 o'clock somewhere, you know? Uh, I, I, I thought about Jimmy Buffett uh, this, this, this past week, and I thought, uh, actually, you know, he came from some religious background, uh, and I thought about uh, Jimmy Buffett, and also uh, I, I thought about Bill Richardson. He was the former governor of New Mexico, and he was also a presidential candidate, and probably many more, but those two kind of stuck out to me. Uh, about their impacts upon what they did uh, in this life. Uh, both of them uh, stepped off the planet last week, and certainly Jimmy Buffett was probably uh, the more well-known of the two because, I mean, we had a following. Uh, he, he left behind uh, complexes of condos and resorts and, and songs, and a lot of you followed Jimmy Buffett. I won't ask for hands to be raised, but y'all know. Y'all know that, that, that it was five o'clock somewhere, uh, and, uh, and I'm, I, I'm certainly not suggesting that that is a, a, a Christian uh, song or anything about that, but, uh, but I, thought about, I thought about that as I generally do almost all the time, that in life we have our influences. 
You know, when we mention somebody, we, we think about the influence that they had upon the world, the people that they impacted. And all of us are the same way. I, I, I mean, we may not be a rocker or governor or a, 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 a presidential candidate, but, 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 but all of us have our influence on the world. All of us do things uh, with our family and with our friends and with people that, that have some sort uh, of, of impact upon the world. And it seems like today that we're living in a world where the church just doesn't have the influence. We, we, we don't have the impact that we once had. Eugene Peterson said it's not difficult in our world to get a person interested in the message of the gospel. But he said it's terrifically difficult to sustain the interest. And I think there's some truth there. Because to be honest with you, it's not difficult to get people interested in the gospel. Sometimes it's not even hard to get people uh, to come to a knowledge uh, and, and get saved uh, in, in the name of Jesus, but, but it's, sometimes it's a lot harder as we continue on uh, in that march. Many claim to be born again, but sometimes the evidence and maturity of a Christian, uh, the discipleship seems to sometimes be slim. In our kind of culture, anything... Even news about God can be sold and freshly packed in a, in, a, in a new way. But then when it loses its novelty, it kind of goes to the side. There's a great market today for religious experience in our world. There's little enthusiasm, though, for patient uh, acquisition and virtue. Little inclination to sign up for the long-term apprenticeship that's going to make a difference in the world. Influence is defined uh, in Webster's as a power affecting a person, a thing, a course of events. A guy by the name of A.B. Simpson says in a book, A Larger Than Christian Life, and I quote, it is all connected with a living person. We're not just filled with influence. We're not just filled with sensation. We're not just filled with ideals and truths. We're not just filled with a blessing, but we're filled with a person. We're filled with a person. And this is a very strange and striking thing because it's wholly different from all the other teachings in the humanistic systems of philosophy and religions because all of them mainly do with intellectual truths. They deal with moral conditions or external acts. Take Greek philosophy. It's a, it's a system of ideals. It's got a lot of ideals. Confucianism is a system of morals. Judaism is a system of laws and ceremonies. But Christianity all centers on the living person. It centers on a living person. It is the very essence of the indwelling life of Christ himself. This morning, uh, Christianity is is not about ideals. It's not about all of those things that other religions have, but it's about a person. It's about the spirit indwelling us and and giving us the ability to be able to turn our world upside down. And so this morning, I I want us to look at Acts 1 and 8 and 17, chapter 17 and verse 6 together. uh, And let's look at turning our world upside down. Let's stand in honor of God's word. This is the inspired word of God. God. In this word word is a power power. to change lives. 
you guys sound good. Acts 1 and 8. It says, but ye shall receive power. It says, but ye shall receive power. It says, but ye shall receive power. Everybody say power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth. Now, this is not just the birth of the church. This is not just for the early Christian, but this is to all of the followers. This is to you and to me that we are going to receive power when the Holy Ghost has moved upon us. Now over to Acts 17 and verse 6. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren into the rulers of the city, crying, these that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. That those back in chapter one that was filled with the power of God, that had the indwelling of his spirit, it says that they have come here also and that they are turning the world upside down. Let us pray. Father God, this morning we're thankful for your presence. Lord, I'm thankful for every man and woman that's in this place. Father, you created every person's DNA. That, Lord, the blood that flows through every person in this room's veins this morning was created by you. Every heart that is pounding was started by you. And Lord, today I pray for these next few moments. That Lord, you just wouldn't speak to our minds for intellectualism. That Lord, you just wouldn't speak to our eyes for visual sake. You wouldn't just speak to our ears for hearing sake. But Lord, you would speak to our hearts. You would speak to our spirits. And that before we leave this place, we can understand the power that we have over the world to which we find ourselves living. And Lord, we'll give you all the credit, all the praise, and all the glory. And it's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Somewhere around 131 people was what Jesus began with when he began to turn the world upside down. And the question we would have to ask ourselves this morning would be, how did he pull off such a monumental task of taking 131 people and changing the world? When we look back at these followers, they turned the world upside down. These followers, they, they shook some stuff up. They, they came against some traditions. They, they rebelled against some of the laws. They, they were able to do some things that had never been done. They, they changed some stuff. They, they rearranged some stuff. And they did it into the uttermost parts of the earth. Conversations would come up. 
If they had a Publix, conversations would come up. If they had a Walmart, conversations would come up. If they had a 7-Eleven, conversations would come up. If they had a barbershop, conversations would come up. If they had a homeowners association club, they were, conversations would come up. And the conversations would come up and they would say that these are the Christians. They, these are the believers. They, these are the disciples. These are the followers of Jesus that are turning the world upside down. And when these conversations came up, you have to remember that they were limited in their resources. They didn't have any famous preachers. They didn't have any uh, conferences, they didn't have any seminaries, they didn't have any evangelistic events, yet, yet they were turning the world upside down. They didn't condition preachers to expository preaching only. They didn't condition preachers to topical sermons only. They didn't have any faith clinics. They didn't have any Jesus uh, share uh, without any fear programs. But they turned the world upside down. They didn't have any Billy Graham mission centers, no religious broadcast systems. They, they didn't have any CNNs and Fox News and News Nations and CBS and MSNBC. They didn't have any of those things, but they turned the world upside down. They didn't have any church buildings. They didn't have any church padded pews. They didn't have any AC. They didn't have any mega uh, uh, superstar uh, preachers or buildings, but they turned the world upside down. They didn't even have a Bible uh, in every hand. No, no small group studies, just plain ordinary people, but they were able to turn the world upside down because they were empowered with Jesus Christ. They had an influence. People would say, hey, there comes that person. There, there comes that group. They, these are people that, that are literally uh, uh, contagious. They, they, they are turning the world upside down. They, they are making a difference in the lives of other people. Everything in our culture today is fast. And oftentimes, uh, we hate delay. How many, how many of y'all like to go fast? How many of y'all have problems being patient and waiting Heard about a furniture store that carried a sign on its window, antiques while you wait. And uh, someone said uh, America is a country of shortcuts and fast lanes. We're the only nation on earth with a mountain called Rushmore. Our rushing around sometimes makes us impatient. And sometimes we, we have to wait. Jesus said, do not run after the things of the world like the pagans. And sometimes I, I've, I feel like sometimes the Christians are no different than the non-Christians. Sometimes we are running and we are chasing after the things of the world. That's what it says in Matthew 6 and 31. Job 14 and 14 lets us know that I'm going to wait until my change comes. The psalmist in Psalms 27 and 14 says, Wait upon the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Proverbs, Solomon and Proverbs 20 and 22 says, wait on the Lord and he will save you. Lamentations 3 and 25 says, the Lord is good to them that wait upon him. Isaiah 40 and 31 says that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, sometimes we have to wait. And I know we've been waiting a long time for a lot of things to change. Today, we are facing chaos nearly on every corner. We're facing perhaps some of the darkest times that any of us have ever lived in. 
Today, we're facing a time that is very confusing, to say the least. We're facing a time of lawlessness, and we're facing a time today that we could have never, ever imagined or thought in some of our cities where people are literally living on the streets and living in tents, and, and, and you can see it almost everywhere that, 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 that our world without God, uh, it seems like that it's certainly moving in the wrong direction, and it's probably never been bleaker in our lifetime. But Christian, you need to understand this, and I'm going to mention this a few times this morning. There has never been a greater time for the Christian to not whine but to shine. There has never been a greater time for the Christian to realize that this is not as dark as it seems, but you and I need to be the lights in the darkened world. Our world is looking for something. They just don't know what it is they're looking for, and what they're looking for is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So this morning, I want you to understand some things. When you wait on God, there's some things that'll happen. And when these things happen, it will, it will help you to have an influence. It will help you to have an impact. First of all, you need to understand when that power comes upon you, when that Holy Spirit, when that person of the indwelling spirit fills you, that lives inside of you this morning, it causes you to become a new person. When you think about these early disciples, these early Christians, these early believers, just a few days earlier, they, they were on the run. A few days earlier, they were, they were hiding out. But now they were new creatures in Christ. They, they had become empowered because of a promise that was made. They were no longer aloof, but they were now alert. Before the promise came, they were bickering, but now they are bold. Before the promise came, they were complacent, but now they're crusaders. Before the promise came, they were living a defeated life. Now they're living a devoted life. Before the promise came, they were empty, but now they're empowered. Before the promise came, they were fearful, but now they are filled. Before the promise came, they were gullible, but now they're uh, gallant. Before the promise came, they were hot, and now they're heroes. Before the promise came, they were immature, but now they are imitators. Sometimes you and I have got to wait on the promise. You see, before the promise came, they were jittery. Now they're joyful, lazy, but now they're leaders. Mediocre, now they're mighty. Negligent, now they're noble. Sometimes you've got to wait on the promise to come. You see, before the promise came, they were opinionated. Now they're obedient. Passive before the promise, powerful after the promise, before uh, quarreling, afterwards qualified, before reluctant, after ready, before silent, now soldiers, before timid, now transformed, before unmanageable, now unified, before victims, now they're victorious, before wimps, now they're warriors, before zeros, now they are zealots. You need to understand today, we have a new assurance in Christ. We have a new power. We, we're able to, to make a difference. It is a belief that a Christian possesses an assurance of certain things. And these verses of God's promises that we can have impact and that we can have influence in an assurance that the world, our world, can be changed. It can be changed through the power of the Christian. The gospel message has the power to transform people. And the greatest days of Christianity, friends, are not in our rearview mirror. They are in the front windshield. 
They are ahead of us. The best time to be a Christian is not yesteryear, but it is today. The future has never, think about this. I can't say this for the world today because I'm going to be honest with you. I believe that our world is facing some difficult days and our best days of the United States and the best days of this world could quite possibly be behind us. I don't care who the next president is, okay? This world, the best days could quite possibly be behind us. But the good news for the empowered Christians here this morning, those of us that are under the banner and the blood of Jesus Christ, those of us that are followers and believers in Him, the best days are not behind us, friends, but the best days are in front of us. Every single day that we wake up, we ought to be getting stronger and we ought to be getting mightier and we ought to be getting more confident and we ought to be getting more ready and we ought to be getting more prepared. No matter how dark the world gets, friend, the lights of heaven are opening up a little bit more each and every day. For one of these days, a rapture is going to occur and Jesus is going to come for his bride and we are going to be victorious, friends. The best days for the Christian are yet to come and friends, they are in front of us, not behind us. The best days for the church is not behind the church, but it's today and in front of us. We ought to be mighty today by being empowered by Almighty Jesus Christ. Think about that. Our world today, it's a wreck. It's a wreck. I mean, people can't even decide uh, on gender they can't even decide on this, that, or the other. I mean, a bunch of things that are absolutely beyond anything we would ever think or beyond anything we would ever imagine. And you know what? I don't know that we're going to get all that worked out. But listen, I do know this, that you and I, we need to understand today that people are hungry and people are thirsty. They just don't know what they're hungry and thirsty for. But what the world needs more right now than ever is Jesus. What's your neighbor's looking for? He's not looking for some church. He thinks he's looking for church. He's not looking for something religious. He's not looking for all of these things. But what he's looking for is a presence of Almighty God in his life. He's looking for having a relationship with Jesus. He's looking to be saved. You see, the world has its search engine on the spiritual. And people are wanting to experience God. They just may not know what they're wanting to experience. And the world is not interested in God talk and in, in, in Christianese or churchanity. But they're looking for more. And what they're looking for is simply a relationship with Jesus. And friends, you and I need to know today that we can turn our worlds upside down. Just as those early Christians did, that we can have an impact, we can make a difference. That we are a new person, but we also have a new purpose. We can't do ministry the same. We, we can't argue over uh, who's teaching this class or that class. We, we, our purpose has changed, and it all has to be focused on Jesus. It's not about Muhammad, but about Jesus. Not about Islam, but Jesus. Not about Buddhists, but Jesus. In Acts 4 and 2, it says, there is no other name. It says, there is no other name given under heaven and given among man, whereby we must be saved. And that's Jesus. When you become a new person, you have a new purpose. That's why it's never about the pastor, but it's always about the master. 
It's never about the leaders, but it's always about the Lamb of God. It's not about the singing. Uh, it's about the Savior. It's not about members, but it's about the Messiah. It's not about creatures, but it's about creator. It's not about buildings, but it's about the bright morning star. Our purpose is simply to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. And herein lies the problem. We need to have this new in attitude. We need to have this impact upon our world. We need to have a hope and a kindness and an encouragement and a cooperation and a friendliness and a cheerfulness. We need to watch what we say, watch how we say it, watch where we go, what we do, and to whom we do it. The world is watching us, and our standards need to be higher than the world's standards. We've got to be a born-for people and not a born-against people. You know, over the years, I'm amazed at how many people know about what the church is against. And don't get me wrong, I, I believe that we're against a lot of things, and I can name several things, uh, whether it be uh, I'm against uh, abortions, I'm against uh, pornography, I'm against gambling, I'm against same-sex marriage. I, 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 mean, I mean, we go through a long list of what I'm against. And let me just tell you this morning that what we're against, it, it may alter a few people. It may alter a few people. But listen, what we're for, what we're for won't just alter a few people. What we're for can turn the world upside down. What we're for can change this world's complexity. And what we're for is just simply them coming to know Jesus Christ. Somewhere along the lines, we have kind of gotten bugged down and kind of, we've, we, 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 we've kind of lowered the standard so much that we sit around and we make the minor differences the major things that we talk about. And you know what? I, th I think there's room today. And I'm not talking about sin differences, but because sin is sin. But I'm talking about there's things that you can say and I can say, and we can totally disagree with those things. But what's going to ultimately make a difference is that we tell this world that we are a Christian. And we show that and we exemplify that by way of an example. Because friends... Jesus still changes lives and he still changes destinies. You know, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to be for any of us today, but all of us, we get a choice to make in this life of how we're going to live this life. And you know what? Um, no matter who it is, one of these days we're going to, we're going to have a, it's 11 o'clock. It's a, it's a five o'clock somewhere moment. And one of these days, God's going to call us home. And the only thing that we can do for ourselves is, first of all, make sure that we have had a time and a place where we have visited the Lord and we've asked for forgiveness of sin and we are a saved child of God ourselves. But beyond that, God didn't just save us for us, but he saved us to be a difference in the life of others. And when today, more than ever, I promise you today, people are starving to death, not of physical food, not of physical hunger, but today people are starving spiritually because we no longer lift up the name of Jesus. We no longer shout it on the rooftops. We no longer tell the people because we're afraid of what they're going to say about us. Friend, the only thing that's going to matter in the end, what would it profit us if we were to gain the entire world and lose ourselves? You know, I, I don't know, and only God knows these things, but Jimmy Buffett had a lot of success in life. But let me tell you what, hopefully he knew Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Bill Richardson 
Probably most of us would have disagreed with his political uh, aspirations and some of the things he believed in, but look, just like us, Jesus Christ died for him in John 3, 16, just like everybody. Hopefully somewhere along the lines, he met the Lord Jesus Christ. When he stepped off this planet, he went to heaven. Because some of these people that seem bigger in life, they all have those moments where they get to the end. And you and I, one of these days, we're going to get to the end. And we're going to get to the end, and we're not going to be wanting to be known by what job we had or how much money we had in the bank or, or what we did or, or, or a song we wrote or, or a candidacy we ran for. But the difference that we want to make in people's life is that we tell other people about Christ. You see, this early church, they, they lived a life of influence. They, they lived a life that was very impactful. Think about it. When it says here in chapter 17 that, that these people have come to this town, people in this town, they ought to know that the Christian, there's something different about us. They ought to know that, that we are people that can find unity. We are people that can find love. That brings me to this final little thought. Not only are we empowered as a new person, not only do we have a new purpose, but we also have a new power. Listen, we can't do it. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't. We do have the power to talk right, sing right, witness right. But when they see us in the malls or the stores, and the world is looking at us, they ought to be able to say that those are the Christians who are turning the world upside down. You see, what I'm trying to say, and I'll kind of conclude it at this, in a dark, sad world, you and I need to be the joy. And the reason why we need to be the joy in a sad world is because of the difference that Christ has made in our life. And a lot of times we get busy looking just like the world. Sometimes church has more world in the church than we have church in the world. And sometimes we have, this, we have more sad people in the church. And listen, I understand what it's like to be sad. I've been there myself. But listen... The Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there's a joy. When the Lord, the living person of Almighty God lives in us, there ought to be a joy in the world today that is very sad. You and I are the only joy some people may be able to see. And so when they look at our lives, they ought to be able to say, how are you so joyful? How are you so upbeat? Why are you so happy? Because friends, whether the stock market crashes tomorrow and we lose it all and gas goes to $50 a gallon, Christians ought to be able to put a smile on their face and say, hey, that only means that we are closer to the end of time and be watching for the rapture, friend, because gas and a stock market crash ain't going to be nothing. Wait till the clouds open up and Jesus is coming again to take charge. He's not coming to ask permission, but he is coming to reign. But friends, we ought to be joy in a sorrowful world. We ought to be peace in the midst of riots and storms. We ought to be peace. We ought to be settled. We ought to be calm. We ought to be away people in a world that's lost. Our world today, without any doubts, lost its moral compass. And you and I need to point the way. And I'm not saying people are going to agree with us right away. They may never agree with us. But here's the issue. The reason why the church has been tossed off to the side is because we have been secret service Christians for too long. And we're no longer making an impact and a difference in the world because a lot of times we look just like they did. Listen, friends, call me radical all you want. 
call me whatever you want. But I just simply want you to know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner saved by his grace. I'm just not the sharpest knife in the drawer, just a dumb country boy from Kentucky that decided one day to get on his knees and ask Jesus Christ to come in my life. And he gave me the ability to become a new person and to have a new purpose and to have a new power. We're also a truth people in a world of lies. You know, when I was growing up, and I've told the story many times, I, I remember my mother, and I think about my mother and father uh, usually at least once a week, but my mom, she would stuff a, a bar of, of, of soap in my mouth for lying or anything. Anybody ever went through that? <laughs> Don't do that nowadays because you'll go to jail. But our world is so far off the beaten track today that people get up in line. If you're discerning here this morning and you know anything about the truth, when you hear these lies, you'll know they're lies. People today just lie casually. They just, they, they just lie just, just as normal as telling the truth. But friends, you and I are still a truth people in a fallen world. And I don't know about you, but sometimes the truth hurts. But, you know, I praise God. I praise God sometimes that somebody will tell you the truth when everybody else is just telling you lies. You know, if you're ugly, sometimes it feels good that somebody tell you ugly. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about adults. I'm talking about babies, you know. Uh, As, as a pastor, I've been confronted with every grandbaby and every baby that's ever been born in church. And some of these babies, I, I just look at them like, ooh. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes we're very partial and we're very biased. And we'll be like, oh, isn't Junior, isn't he so beautiful? I'm like, that is the ugliest baby I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know if you need to take it that far, but listen. We need to know that we are a truth people. We are a peace people. We are a joyful people. And here's the biggest thing. We're a life people. Jesus said that he is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. Friends, what we have to offer today is life. Life. Before services today, I don't, I don't know, this person may be listening on YouTube, I don't know, but I had this person call me, and this person, don't know, don't know who this person is, but I got a little conversation with them, and they're supposed to set up an appointment to see me, but he said, you know what, I know there's something wrong in this world, and I'm going to come to your church, and I need to get there, and basically, I want to talk about God. I think it's time for me to give it over to God. That's a long story short, but, but, but you know, I thought about something during that phone call. There are millions of people that are in that exact same predicament. Because friends, if you're following this world, you ain't got to be sharp to know that this world is going to lead to death and destruction and its end is no good. I heard this thing not too long ago. It said, if a Christian is wrong, we lose nothing. If an atheist is wrong, they lose everything. Now, now first of all, understand we know. We know we're right. The song says, you ask me how, I know he lives, he lives within my heart. So I don't have any doubts. I, I know, but no, but no, but no, but no. When I breathe my last breath here, I'm going to breathe my first breath up there. But think about it from a fleshly standpoint. If you're an atheist and you just say, hey, I'm an atheist, friend, if you're wrong, if you're wrong at the end, 
You have lost everything. A Christian, we just lost nothing. Think about it, friends. Today, we need to live for Jesus. And we need to be a people that want to turn our world upside down. And friends, we have the power. And I want to, this second close and I'm done, but I, 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 just, I just want to say this because it sounds, it just, it just feels right to say this. Our world today is a very dark place. But there's never been a time that a light can shine brighter than today. We ought to be dragging people down the aisle. We ought to be inviting people to church. We, 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 ought, to, we, we, we ought to make it our, and not so much a go. Our go's always been one, but, 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 but hey, I, I believe there's two more that we could have every single week to come to know Jesus. Today, if you're here in this church and you're lost and you need the Lord, today, accepting Jesus won't solve all your problems. But it will solve the greatest problem that you and I have, and that's a separation from God from all eternity. And today, if you accept Jesus one of these days, you will be able to be with the Lord for all eternity. The Bible tells us the only way to get to God is through Jesus, not through Islam, not through Muhammad, not through Confucianism, not through humanism, but only through Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus. It's not about denominations neither. It's not about Baptists, Pentecostals, Lutheran, all them other different ones. But listen, it's all about Jesus. If you know Jesus in your Lord, in your heart, and you know him as your Savior, friends, today you have the power to turn the world upside down. Let's stand this morning.